right, all right, all right. Welcome back. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or you don't feel like you should weigh that, put that weight on your inner circle, call the hotline at 988 and take option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, our great guests. All right. Tonight, we're starting a little differently, as today is a somber anniversary. 15 years ago today, the world lost an amazing human. On his third tour of duty in Iraq, Staff Sergeant Jonathan L. Martin was taken from us. He was originally wounded earlier in the month, around November 7th, and told his guys not to let him die in this shithole. He was a man of his word and didn't die there. He was flown to Germany, where he finally succumbed to his wounds on November 22nd, 2007. He was a warrior. He was competitive. He was a shining light whenever he entered the room. To his brothers who were with him that day from Alpha Troop 132 Cav from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, his family in Ohio and Tennessee, and of course his brothers and sisters from the Devil Brigade in Fort Raleigh, Kansas. We salute all of you, and we pour a little out for him tonight. Keep driving forward in our lives as he would have wanted us to do. Rest easy. Rest easy, brother. Till Valhalla. Our next guest is a veteran I met on Irreverent Warrior Silky Hike in Clarksville, Tennessee. We chatted, and I knew right away he needed to come on and share the story of his journey and, of course, his business. So without further ado, the Misfit Nation welcomes owner of Crown Fitness and veteran Stefan Ramos. Welcome, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty well today, Rich. And, uh, you know, thank you for the introduction and awesome tribute, uh, you know, to your fallen brother, man. And again, I do apologize for that loss. I'm sure he was an incredible person. He was an amazing dude. And he's, uh, if he's in his room right now with us, I'm going to have a sip of beer for him here. Because uh, he, he would bring the light to any conversation, any joy, any room. There was no way you weren't laughing when he was in a room and great man. But uh, he did what he he wanted to do in life. He wanted to serve his country as a Marine and then as a soldier. And I know what he wants us to do now is to live forward and live positive and keep moving forward. And I think that's a, what I got from you when I talked to you on that hike in Clarksville. Uh, it was a beautiful day walking through here. You, I think you had silkies on. I did not wear silkies. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's probably better for all of us that I did not wear silkies, but uh, we learned a lot about each other just in a short period of time. And I said, I know I want you on the show. And we were thinking we we're walking past the church at the time when we were talking so if you don't mind, brother, tell us a little bit about yourself from as far back as you want to go through your service and how we got to where we are today. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. And, um, you know, give you a little feedback, too, on that. I did I did end up wearing silkies, but only because they were a bra. I was originally wearing powerlifting shorts. And then uh, one of the other, he was a retired Marine that retired last year. I'm, I'm not sure if you met Rick. I can't yep. remember his last name. But he actually brought me the silkies, and he's like, listen, if you're going to do this, you need to do it right. Uh, so – he helped me show off these beautiful legs of mine, uh, you know, with bringing those. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, oh, yes. We, all, we always have to look out for each other, right? In every fashion. Next man up. Yep. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, uh, tell you a little bit about myself. 
you know, I was uh, I was always active, uh, you know, growing up, whether it's, you know, doing sports, uh, you know, hanging out with people, doing things like that, uh, playing outside. And then um, growing up, I always felt like I wanted to, uh, you know, serve the country, too. I always felt that I'm not sound cliche, but like that calling. And, um, you know, with my older brother having been a Marine as well, I think that really solidified everything of where I knew that's what I wanted to do. I always wanted to challenge myself to a different degree. And, um, you know, not not knocking any branch, I always felt like the Marines would always, uh, you know, uh, display that that challenge to me because everyone always hears, you know, what they hear about each branch. And after seeing what it did with my brother, I was like, you know what? I think they got me too. Um, <laughs> so I ended up enlisting in high school still. I was 17. And um, both of my parents had to sign the paperwork. You know, if you're not 18, they both need to say okay. And the only uh, caveat was I could not be infantry. Um, so I tried finding every way around that, going for combat engineer and everything else like that. But of course, I got uh, aviation. <laughs> so <Close>. yeah, close, <laughs> almost almost on where I wanted. But uh, no, no complaints at all. It was definitely no, definitely a great time. I entered uh, service actually December 2011. Uh, went to boot camp and everything, and then. Uh, served a little over five years. Um, so I got out in December 2016. And I actually was uh, medically separated because I had two left knee reconstructive surgeries. I was not able to do you know, the PFT or CFT, um, you know, within that time frame that, you know, they wanted me to. So kind of taking the next steps because I wanted to always uh, re-enlist to become a drill instructor. So of course, at that time, it was, you know, a little wrench thrown in the plans, trying to figure some stuff out, you know, go from what I was going to do then to trying to figure out the next steps in life on what I wanted to do. Uh, so shortly after I transitioned out, I, I kind of got into uh, nutrition and weightlifting, working out, staying active as well, more so when I was UDP in Japan in 2014, kind of fell in love with it. And then in 2017 is when I got certified as a master trainer. I studied nutrition science as well. So I knew what I wanted to do was impact others, really help them bring out the full confident version of themselves and you know to also create that um further challenge for them because so many people want to be challenged but they're not comfortable to challenge themselves enough so that's why they you know most of the time they do reach out for a coach for that and the accountability um so been doing that been working with veterans now uh as my primary group for the last two years i've uh, been loving it because i do help them overcome the mental health battles that they have because myself i do have i am manic bipolar I have anxiety, depression, and ADHD, so I know those struggles. I know how, you know, the mind can weigh on you. I've attempted suicide twice in the past as well. So I know what it's like, you know, going down that road. I know how lonely it can feel. Uh, so I know how eating right and, you know, working out and stuff has helped me. So all I want to do is be able to bring that on to others uh, because right now we're at a staggering rate. Like, you know, 22 veterans a day committed suicide, more than too many that should be out there. One's already too, uh, too much. So if I'm able to help others, you know, realize their vision, help create that vision for them, the steps that they need to take and give them that purpose and find that enjoyment and fulfillment, then, you know, I feel complete at the end of the day. Oh, definitely. And uh, I didn't know about the your attempts in the past. And that's a I'm glad you're here today. That's uh, what I can tell you right there. Those attempts uh, showed that you needed to, I guess, to have that attempt to push you forward. And hopefully I, I know it made you grow. And I don't want you to dwell on that stuff. Uh, I've had you're, you're the third Marine I've had on here that actually had two attempts. So it's kind of crazy. In my two years of doing a show, I've had three Marines and all three of you uh, attempted twice. So that that's a I, mean, oh, really? I, don't know, I don't know if that's a crazy statistic or what, but all three two times. So I'm thankful all three of you are still here and uh, able to come on the show and talk about. It. 
100%. And thank you for that. Like, I, I'm very blessed and grateful to still be around. And I'm happy, you know, obviously it did not turn out to the way I planned it to be. Um, you know, so I would not have my kids uh, right. today. So, you know, I, I'm very happy. And like I said, I couldn't imagine being any different um, than it was now. So uh, when you were, you know, I mean, you were in Japan, it's probably, that was a rough assignment, I bet, for for most young young men and women to get stationed. Oh, you were Okinawa, I'm guessing? Uh, it was UDP, so I was in Iwakuni. So I was actually stationed in Beaufort as my uh, primary duty station right next to good old Paris Island. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I I wanted to go overseas and West Coast. And then, of course, like, you know, when I picked out my MOS, they put you in the spot where you don't want to be. So uh, the one great thing was after uh, being stationed there, I can go back on Paris Island and I can laugh at all the recruits that were getting, you know, getting ran into the ground. So it was driving past. It was it was nice being on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Being able to sip a coffee while you drive by laughing and, and I not exactly. feel that. So that's, that's good. Yeah. So yep. you, were, you were an island Marine, not a Hollywood Marine. That was my next question. You answered yep. that. One. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I learned the hard way that there's two different Marines uh, in Ramadi, Iraq. In the 2003 and four, we fell into first Martin Div. And I had an Anglico detachment that was from the island. And then everyone else was first Martin Div from the Hollywood over there. So. They both would tell me who was better all the time. And I was always confused. I said, you're all the Marines, aren't you? And, you know, no, 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 no. They're Hollywood. They do everything pretty and stuff. We're the best ones. All right. God bless you. Exactly. It's like a sibling rivalry within a sibling rivalry. Like, I have all the branches. Uh, You know, we all talk trash to each other. It's like kind of what we do. Uh, But same thing within our own branch. If you're from the West Coast, we call you a Hollywood Marine. And, you know, if you're from the East Coast, we're like, yeah, we're the real ones. We're in the swamps and everything. And, uh. No, we don't have videos or movies made on us like they do out in San Diego when they made boot camp videos where the drill instructors <laughs> act a lot nicer to you. We don't have that luxury. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You you guys had it the hard life out there with the sand fleas and stuff in Paris Island, of course, the swamps with the giant mosquitoes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and then sand fleas are real. Like you wouldn't think that something so small would be so aggravating until you feel about eight biting on the back of your head <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. You just have to sit there and the good old saying that they always told us is if you ate cow that morning, it's, th- it's now their turn to eat yeah. cow. So <laughs> you ate, they eat. It's a cycle of life, circle of life, I guess. Yeah, as they, exactly. you ate, they eat. Yeah, so someone, everyone else has to get fed. So you're just a, a vessel at that point. Exactly. You took, so now you need to give. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a learning lesson for them how bad the food was you were getting at that time. So. <laughs> exactly. That's <too. laughs> some cream chip beef this morning oh good thanks thanks mosquito good <laughs> there was some crazy like some random foods being eaten and especially you know being old, like in udp too you combine some of the most random things because like you know in the chow hall there's a good half of the time it's either really crunchy rice or leftover food from like a week ago or the easy pour eggs it's random stuff so you would just make some random bowls of concoctions it was kind of like you know make prison food <laughs> Yep. So, so kind of like when you go to a restaurant now, they call it fusion. You're already doing that when you're in the Marines. So exactly. You learn yeah. fusion without having to put a label on it. Same thing in the Army. If they if they have leftovers, they don't throw a lot of stuff out. They have to keep it and make sure they serve it and don't waste that money of that budget. So you get the yakisoba eight different ways during a week. It's always the same yakisoba, but you feel like it's different because it has a different name on it. It's the same exact thing. Exactly. Yeah. And they may just throw like a little pinch of salt extra on it. Like, oh, yeah, now it's fresh. Yep. Or may, maybe an onion on top of it to make you feel happy. But it's still the same. It don't matter. Yeah, they, they can't disguise it that well. They, they think they're fooling us. <laughs> they didn't fool us that well. <laughs> Not the that casual, well. The well. casual observer thinks it's the best thing in the world. If like a, a children's group or something comes to base, they, they get to go and, oh, the chow hall is the best. I'm going to join because of this. 
You need to talk to somebody. Well, you need to know the real ins and outs. I mean, at least at least we were not nonstop eating MREs. That's the one thing. Well, we probably be dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> although they also say those are great too when people visit. Yeah, eat them yeah, all the time. Uh, eat them every day. <laughs> I remember the good old side effects of eating those for combat training when that's all you're eating for like four or five weeks in a row. Yeah, no, not good. Like, not enough medicine out there in the world. <laughs> And don't eat the whole thing because you learn not to eat the whole thing as you go through. If you eat the whole thing, you'll just be dead because it's about 3,000 calories per bag. Exactly. And they give you three per day. So no human should eat that much in a day. Oh, no. Not unless if you're trying to uh, gain a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time. But, yeah, I would never, ever recommend eating 9,000 calories in a day unless if you're like Michael Phelps, you know, back yeah. when he was in the Olympics. But he was also on that level. <laughs> right. He's also burning probably. Exactly. Yeah. He's on that he level. He had to eat that. Yeah. For the normal average person, yeah, touching 9,000 calories a day, unless if you have a random want to do it, don't really recommend it. Do you want to see if you can do that for 30 days and live? <laughs> yep. <laughs> they go for you. Talk to name in that in the hat and let me know how it goes. Go on your yeah. own YouTube channel and do it. That'd be great. Yep. There we go. We got a whole bunch of views. <laughs> so you got to go through your, all your uh, nutrition, fitness, and nutrition science classes while you were still in? Uh, so I did some of them while I was still in. Uh, you know, I used TA when I was in for right. uh, for about three years, and then I you know continued my education after I got out, and then that's where I got certified um, as well as a master trainer. Was after I already had transitioned out, and then um, shortly after I got certified, I started working at LA Fitness just kind of get my feet wet in a sense, learn the trade. Um, you know, really learn if one if this is something that even though I feel like I would love to do it, if it's something that is a great fit, and two, right. is it something that you know obviously it's a very relationship kind of based field of where you need to be on the same page with your coach, with your client. And that's how you make great results. So I wanted to make sure that that's something that could mesh well, because obviously in the military, we have a certain, um, certain characteristics, certain traits that we follow and things like that. So I wanted to make sure that I could take things that were learned and stuff like that and be able to translate it well into this kind of field. Well, definitely. And you, like you said, if you, you go into, say when you went to LA fitness, do I actually like this? Do I have the passion to work with others every day and try to make their life better and show them there's better ways to live? Or do I want to pivot and go somewhere else? And I think that's the best thing people need to do is to test the waters first before jumping in both feet and understand that it's a it's a career. to It's a job to do what you're doing now. My daughter does it now. She got certified with NASM this year and uh, she had just started at a gym. Well, she did her two trials and she starts her own classes starting Friday, I believe. Uh, trifecta fitness here in town so she's she's moving up so she's working two jobs and doing that as her side hustle but she loves that that's what she does all her videos on and we we can't be more proud of her that's amazing here and tell her congratulations and uh you know if she has any questions i'm always a message away she can you know pick my brain not saying obviously i'm not the best out there i'm not a celebrity trainer <laughs> by <laughs> any means um but yeah, obviously i've been in the field for a while and the one crazy stat and i didn't know this honestly until a year ago is uh, 90% of personal trainers or coaches, they actually fail out in the first year um, because of, you know, the uh, the relationships like we talked about, being able to, you know, help people and being able to do certain things. Um, it's crazy. 90% of the people who get certified end up out of the field uh, within the first year. Wow. And that's kind of what we were talking about before. If you do something just to get the certification and not know what it's about, Yep. There's a chance you're not going to stay there because you don't know, especially if you're trying to do it as a business for yourself. Exactly. You don't know the business aspect of it. And that becomes that becomes the job mostly is doing the business side of it. 
the other part of it is your, it's fun for you, I'm sure, to go out there and work out with a client and, and show them the right way to do things so they don't get hurt and so they can live that healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go back home and, and cook the books after that and say, all right, A plus B equals C, carry the two. I don't know what just happened. Good. Thank, thank you, Google Excel Sheets. But yeah. That helps out a lot. And I'm sure that part of it is a learning curve for you. Oh, the, the, honestly, the admin side is, I'm not going to lie. A lot of people, I feel like, especially in the entrepreneurial uh, field, they, they don't uh, you know, bring as much light to it as it should be. It is a lot more stressful than a lot of people do know. Um, you know, with trying to, like, as you said, wear many different hats, you need to be able to do accounting, you need to be able to do marketing, uh, sales, so many different things. Um, so definitely even training people is the one great love. And I love coaching. I love helping out people. But if I can I wish I could always give the marketing side to somebody, uh, you know, give the give the um, accounting to somebody and things like that, because those are the several hats that um, are not talked about as much with being a business owner. That definitely should be. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I know I, I talked to a veteran today, actually, I picked up something from him and he said, this is my hobby. I'm not a businessman, but you sold this. So yep. you're kind of a business person. You got to get that mindset now that you're in business. I know you don't want to call it a job now because then you won't like because it's your hobby. It's something you like. But if you want to move on with it and make it something bigger, that's what you have to start calling it a business and treat it as such. Exactly. A hundred percent. So I know you're you're doing great things now with Crown Fitness. Tell us how you came up with the name Crown and uh, Crown Fitness and and what your goals are for the next five, ten years. Oh, great question. So honestly, um, my one cousin, he's uh, he's a boxer as well, or he was a boxer, I should say. Um, and he, he has a couple businesses up in Pennsylvania himself. He does landscaping. He does, um, you know, he did boxing, he does construction. So random, you know, random side gigs too. And, um, I was talking to him, trying to figure out a name. And then my first name, Stefan is actually, it means crown. So, uh, he told me that now I know that sounds very, I know that sounds very conceited. I didn't think of that. (laughs) It was, uh, it was, uh, my cousin that did and, um, no coming with it, uh, no crown fitness. I was like, you know, that's really great because also even thinking of slogans off of that, like conquer the crown, uh, you know, become the king or become the queen, whether, you know, male or female. Uh, there's just so many different things that I felt as far as a creative standpoint uh, could come off of that and really resonate, especially with uh, how people think of themselves today. Like a lot of men like, hey, I want to be a king and a lot of women like treat me like a queen. <laughs> so it's I, I thought it was a great thing, just a caveat and, you know, take that route right into there um, with doing that. I mean, that's awesome. I never, never knew that Stefan equaled crown. So I have to, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that until that day either. I never really cared enough, honestly, uh, to look up what my name was. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I really didn't care about something like that. Until um, so he presented it to me and I was like, oh, that, you know, that is pretty neat. And um, it's something that's kind of short and sweet too. And it, to me, it's like eye catching too. Yeah. You know, you don't want um, so probably same thing when you came up with, you know, the misfit nation, you, you want something that, is very clear to the point, but isn't going to be like a book <laughs> right. trying, to, trying to name the title of it. Exactly. And then mine was based off of my, uh, my last platoon up platoon sort of uh, the misfits and just made it the nation misfit nations. There you go. See, that makes it a lot easier too, right there. Simple, simple, stupid there, like the kiss method. And that's the best way to do things. And I yep. think yours gives, gives those who join uh, go into crown fitness with you and say, I'm trying to reach that crown and get that. And that's my goal is to get that crown too. And I think that's a perfect way to launch the business. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. Definitely took a little time, um, especially, you know, we're building it up too. took a little bit of like, you know, finagling, trying to get things lined up. And like you said, the KISS method, I always say doing things Barney style because simple is the best. <laughs> simple is the best. Yes. It's just don't paint everything purple. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably I don't like purple that much. So I don't think I would do that. I will eat the crayon, though. I will tell you that I will eat the purple crayon. There you go. It's like grape juice. <laughs> well, yeah, second nature to us <laughs> you have to eat it it's it's in the rules <laughs> after you sign your name that's what you do you just eat it. sign here you can just put an x it's okay buddy <laughs> it's okay we know we know you don't know your name it's okay uh, so how long were you with la fitness before you decided hey i want to do this on my own honestly not very long i think i was with them uh for four months that's it so wow. I was, yeah, it was it was very short lived. I learned a lot. It, you know, very grateful for it. Um, because one of the one of the other uh, trainers uh, that's local to the area, he kind of helped. Uh, he was he was a coach for you know a good amount of time. He was a chef prior to that, so he already was doing two different things. So he helped bring a lot of realistic views uh, in with it. And then he did online coaching too, and that's something that I was really interested in getting in. I wanted to do you know the in person coaching just to gain that kind of. Uh, that kind of experience, but ultimately how I am now doing nothing but online coaching. That's why I really wanted to get to. Um, so that's pretty much why I took the first four months was really gaining those relationships, gaining that insight on how to market things, how to really go about things and then transition completely to uh, doing online. And then when I did initially, I was working with another uh, fitness coach helping out first responders. So whether they were uh, police officers, EMT, um, you know, nurses, firefighters, things like that. I was working, helping them out until um, October of last year. And then that's where, or sorry, October of uh, 2019. That's where, or 2020. And that's why I transitioned completely into, you know, helping out veterans. That's outstanding. And uh, so we, we started this as a, basically a veteran platform. Then I realized the, the need to get experts like yourself, and even though you're a veteran, but you have an expertise in the fitness world and the health nutrition world that will help a lot of the listeners who, are struggling once they get out because they don't have that, like you said earlier, the drill sergeant yelling at you or the NCO yelling at you, hey, run run that mile, do this, do that, stay exactly. off, stay off that stuff right there. Take care of you. If they don't have that, they don't they kind of lose their way, lose their purpose. And we see that on the hike. On the hike, you see the varying levels of people that were on the hike. And a lot of them are trying to do their best and be their best self, but they forget the principles along the way. And I think you're the bridge of that gap right there. So you're you're their Rubicon to get in there to say, hey, hey, brother, sister, this is what you're doing. And uh, this is what you need to be doing to get back to where you were or where you want to be at this time. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the one thing I love trying to be the bridge of the gap. And you brought it up uh, pretty well. You actually hit it on the head of, you know, when we're in, it's very easy. Um, and that's why I said it a little earlier, like people reach out coaches primarily is for accountability. And, you know, of course, knowledge. But the accountability is a huge part because when you have a drill sergeant, yelling in your face or if you're on a formation run and you have somebody yelling at you keep going stuff like that makes it a lot easier um but the other thing i always notice is no matter what branch uh you know whether it's marines army navy air force uh whatever have you is as much as the physical side is you know really focused on with having the fitness tests and things like that and of course you know the daily and weekly pt there's not as much precedence placed on the nutrition side of where i've heard it more times than i can honestly count of where it's like, hey, I didn't learn anything on, you know, how to eat well, how to manage things, how to, you know, really gauge what I need to do going forward. 
Uh, but I learned how to do push-ups. I learned how to do pull-ups. I knew how to run. <laughs> all that great. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, it's one of those things, too, of where uh, I, I do hope that going forward uh, that they do invest in that as well of where, you know, the DOD starts teaching those courses and takes, you know, those steps as well uh, to help set up, you know, veterans and even active duty, you know, for a better chance at having that healthy lifestyle, even when they do transition out. Definitely. I mean, I work right here. I work on Fort Campbell, so I get to see what the, the changes have been. So I got out in 2015, and okay. as before, they started the whole soldier concept. And, I mean, now I think every brigade has a physical therapist. They have a, a occupational therapist that comes in to talk to them, and they make sure that they're doing the whole soldier training. So they, they go for mindfulness. They go for the whole body workout instead of just the push-up, sit-ups, two-mile run, push-up, sit-ups, two-mile run that we did for my whole career. Because you had to pass those three events. That's all you had to do. To stay exactly. in there. If you can master those three things and shoot your weapon, that's yeah. all you have to do to, to keep the radar off you. Stay off the radar and do and to stay straight. But now they, I mean, it's a I think a six event uh, test now. We're testing whole body fitness. So whole body fitness, and you have to mentally prepare for that test. And it takes, I think, over two hours to do the whole test now. Oh wow! The Army, the Army uh, combat fitness test, and you, they built their own fields for a uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars fields they put in for it special like turf fields i mean it's beautiful I and mean, i'm glad it wasn't here when i was in because it would be a whole other thing i had to learn but i i understand what they're doing and the functional fitness side of it so they stopped having the injuries that they were having prior and the things that kind of crippled a lot of people in my generation from just doing that push-up sit-up two-mile run to go ruck forever yep. and put that weight on your back and go and i think it's i think it's slowly i'm sure the air force does it i'm sure the air force has a personal massages for each each member of the air force oh member they have one-to-one -one, uh working there and then they get a lobster after <laughs> with a nice bottle of wine too <laughs> yeah, yeah the matching one you gotta have the matching one exactly so i think like for you if like where you are there you can probably get into the navy the navy station that's down there uh close to you down there close to memphis there's a navy uh oh, supply man. station yep you can get in on there and maybe just just chat with the guys there and say hey look i have this maybe i can come in once a week and work with you guys, see if I can get something going in you in your head and maybe spread out to the wings. I, mean, I think that's the thing you can do do down there and just start small and then, then branch. Yeah, that definitely would be great. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I learned about that place when I, I came back from uh, Kandahar and I signed up for the Navy 10 nautical mile run. Yeah. I didn't know what 10 nautical miles were. I thought it was just 10 miles. It was 11 point whatever. So at, when my mind said it was over at 10 miles, I mean, I was drenched. It was hot. And my yeah. shorts were falling off because I was sweating so much. I finished. I said, man, you guys lied. You lied. You lied. And I was like, oh, it's nautical miles. Said, man, it's a horrible thing. Horrible thing to do. <laughs> like, y'all are just playing games with me now. It's it's <laughs> mental judo right now. It's it's bad. Yep. <laughs> Good metal, but it was, it was horrible. It's like seeing the halfway point. Like, yeah, no, that's not the halfway point. That's actually right. hard quarter point. You're going to turn around here, run that way, and then come back here. So I looked at my watch. Yeah, we got. We're halfway there. We're good. No, no, we weren't. Nope. Still had a whole little stretch to go. Had a long way to go, I, and I was angry. But, but. Yep. See, that's that's why they do it. They want anger and discontent. That's all. That's all they need to fuel you. That and caffeine too. And then they sign <laughs> at the end. They have you sign reenlistment forms. So it's good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> like he's ready now. He's this will this will make you feel better. Yep. Give him a little signing bonus. Too. We'll throw in like a thousand dollars. <laughs> so what's the biggest challenge you've had in starting the starting crown fitness and getting it off the ground and getting clientele 
you know, honestly, I would say, um, I don't want it to sound like an excuse either, uh, but it's honestly probably the saturation of the market uh, just because there are so many different coaches. I'm sure it's the same thing, you know, with doing podcasts. I don't have one myself, uh, but I know there's a lot of different podcasts out there. So um, I think that's probably, you know, been the biggest struggle was, you know, finding how to differentiate myself, where, what I do, uh, what does it offer that's different than the next person? And how is my value at a higher scale uh, than the next coach? Right. And I think you're right. The saturation of the market and not staying in one niche of the market, you have to be able to branch out and understand what is oversaturated in your area and what can I bring that's exactly. different. So that, so that people kind of flock to me for a little while before they flock to the next new hotness. Exactly. Because so I think, like you said earlier, 90% of trainers don't make it past that first year of certification. It's probably a higher number of people who start a workout program don't make it through the end of the program. Oh, yeah. That make, don't make it past that 21-day thing to change the lifestyle. Yeah, and that's honestly, um, back when I first started coaching, luckily it hasn't been a thing for me in the last couple of years, but in the beginning of coaching. And that's where, honestly, I didn't, I took it on myself of, am I just a terrible coach? Uh, because it was, um, it wasn't a high, high number, but it was probably about 30% of the people who started, you know, fell out after the first uh, three or four weeks. And um, so I took it on myself. I was like, damn, do I, like, am I that terrible of a coach? <laughs> you know, there was a fallout and that was, you know, within the first two years of, uh, of coaching, but I did come to realize it's just like um, anything with, you know, New Year's resolutions, any goals that people set is, and I, it's the, it's the mindset. And this is something I, I work on mindset uh, and, you know, discipline as part of my coaching as well, other than uh, the nutrition and the, and the fitness coaching. Uh, is the mindset is, you know, we're all wired to want something fast. And if we don't get it, we feel like it's not going to work and we quit. Um, and that's something, especially within health, that a lot of people will also see because they compare stories to, you know, Joe Schmo lost 40 pounds in a month. So why can't I? But they don't realize that everyone's different. Their starting points are different. Their, you know, their goals are different. Their aggression level to reaching their goals are different. Um, so that's one of those things of where it took me a little time to understand that is everyone wants to see, you know, have a six pack after doing three sets of punches. <laughs> Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. You do them, you look in the mirror, like, why aren't they there yet? <laughs> that's <just> horrible. <laughs> <laughs> What's he even doing? He's <laughs> lying to me. God. <laughs> like, he told me, he told me if I didn't drink beer every day, I would have a six pack in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like some people, a lot of their weight is just water weight. You know, or like uh, drinking sodas every day. And you cut out soda for two weeks, you'll lose a lot of weight just drinking water or just water with lemon in it for two weeks. You're going to lose a lot of weight without having that soda. Whereas the other person might just have a bad genetic makeup that it's not going to be water weight. It's just going to be stuff that just sat in there because that's how his genetics were, his family. He's not going to lose the weight the same way. And it's hard to, you got to drill it into their head that it's not, it's not the same for every human. Every human is different. You got to keep work, working differently. Exactly. And the one thing I always make sure too is I love the saying slow is sexy. Um, slow, like slow is sexy because that means you're sustainably doing it. And that's one of the things I really um, you know, hold myself to a degree uh, with my coaching is I believe in sustainability coaching. I, I'm not really in it for the transformation pictures or you know, seeing the crazy story of you know, Joe lost 100 pounds in three months because odds are with somebody like that, as great as an accomplishment that that is, um, normally with stories like that, and you could go back, you could ask a lot of people that have gone through crazy weight losses like that. 
odds are they put about 80%, if not more of that weight back on within six months of finishing because they did a crash diet. They didn't really learn the fundamentals of what they needed to do. And they didn't learn the healthy, as you said, the healthy habits and the, the actual correct mindset, you know, to have going forward in order to not only lose it, but keep it off. And, and that's uh, paramount to, to understand the healthy habits. And if you think back to a famous TV show that was on with uh, famous trainers and those people would go through this training cycle and lose. Yeah, they'd lose mega weight on that show because they were basically locked into a building. You only had X amount of food in the building and you worked out three, four times mm -hmm. a day. OK, now go home. You're working out when you want to if you want to yep. eating all the crap that you see, cause that it's there, you're not going to change your refrigerator and you don't understand how to just shop the outside of the supermarket shop, the outside first and then, then get little things. But then if you look at their transformation pictures from when they left the show to where they are now, most of them have gained either the same amount back or double back. So exactly. And that's a crazy thing too. And same thing with, uh, you can even take it into the medical field of, you know, the people that had bypass surgeries, yes. uh, you know, the, uh, you know, everything with that liposuction, they more times than not also, uh, they end up gaining the weight back and it ends up being a failed surgery because same thing, you, the habits don't change, you're changing the situation, but you're not changing the fundamentals. And you kind of press and pause on, on what you were doing for whatever yeah. period you want to get into a dress or a suit and then you're right back at it. Yep, exactly. A hundred percent. Couldn't have said it better than that. And when I seen them start paying for that for spouses in the military, I said, I hope that they're adding a trainer like yourself on the back end or even on the front end before they got it. Mm. So they had the relationship and then at the back end to keep them honest as they went through the, the recovery. So they understood that there's a lifestyle change involved with to make them healthy, to make them feel better about themselves and become a, a better life, uh, I guess, product for their families. Exactly. And that's the big thing. And that's a huge reason why I take care of myself is, uh, you know, obviously there's a selfish reasons too. Like I want to feel better. I want to look better, things like that. But ultimately I need to make sure that I'm around for my family as long as possible. I want to see my kids grow up. I want to see my grandkids, even though if I'm blessed enough, <laughs> I want to be able to, if you no, know, God forbid, in emergency, I can run and, you know, make sure everything's taken care of in a short period of time or carry somebody and not feel winded or, you know, things like that. So uh, that's a common <clears throat> aspect that gets overlooked is, you know, the health isn't just for you, but it's for those around you. And that's where, when I work with uh, dads as well, they're learning, you know, learning lifestyle that's going to benefit their, their spouse. It's going to help their kids learn foods that they can incorporate foods that they can eat, um, you know, throughout the week. And it's not necessarily saying good food, bad food, because I've, I'm a huge believer in moderation as long as it's something of where you're proponently, uh, you know, eating healthy in a sense of where, you know, of course, I always tell people you can, as long as you're in a deficit, you can always lose weight eating nothing but fast food or you can eat whole foods, but your actual aesthetics <laughs> between the two will, and the way your body feels and, you know, operates will be a lot different than the two. Like, yeah, you can lose a lot of weight eating nothing but fast food if you're in a deficit, but I promise you, you're not going to like your energy levels. You're not going to like how your stomach feels, so on and so forth. Right. Um, but yeah, that's why I love, you know, teaching everyone. So that way they can teach others. That's the, that's the big thing at the end of the day. And, and that's when you go through those peaks and valleys, when you're, you're working out in the morning and you have that deficit, then you go to a Mickey D's and get your McRib sandwich and, uh, your fries and your Coke. And then you crash because you just ate a, a crap load of fat because it's not, yep. it's not healthy food at all. It's processed food. You go through that and you, you go through that like life cycle of crash 
then you have to find the endorphins again to get that workout. And that's probably not going to happen until the morning. Exactly. You your whole, your whole method was just crushed. And you know, so one thing I love French fries, um, kind of thing, but one thing that blew my mind before I started doing any coaching, because honestly, if you have known me about uh, 15 years ago, you would never know I'll be a coach. Uh, I, I used to hate touching weights. Even in sports, I would do only body weight movements. I would never do anything with weightlifting. Uh, I didn't really ever care about watching what I ate because, you know, when you're younger, it's like, hey, whatever goes in my stomach goes in my stomach. Don't <laughs> <Kind of> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was just eating everything. Um, but, you know, going to it now uh, and after really, you know, doing this for as long as I have and seeing how many calories are in just, you know, normal side of French fries, you go to Chick-fil-A and you get the normal fries, it's about 600 calories just for one normal thing. And that's more like that's a, a standard meal for a lot of people, if not a little yes. less. Um, so and you're getting that just from one side. You still have, like you said, if you get a, a, a soda, that's not, you know, a sugar free option or a diet, you know, a diet option. That's probably another two to 300 calories, depending on the size. Right. So you're looking at about 2000 calories for just one meal. And you no know, standard people are eating, you no know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And a lot of adults I know are like, you know, overgrown kids in the aspect of where they still snack a lot. Yes. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> so um, that adds up. They still have the pantry full of things they shouldn't have. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's okay to have some snacks. Like, don't get me wrong. I could show you my pantry and you'll see some snacks in there. Um, and that's okay. Like that's, that's uh, about the sustainability, but three quarters or half of your intake should not consist of, you know, snacks. It should be coming from actual satiating food. I know I've seen, uh, you set the example, I've seen you, uh, I think you took your, one of your children to a park and uh, you were exercising while they were uh, either riding a slide or wherever the park was, they were doing their, they're playing while seeing their dad work out on the video. So you were still getting it in while they were doing it. So you set the example that way as well. Do they uh, work out with you at home too, or were they, you just try to set the example now so they're still kind of little? Uh, so both, um, you know, my oldest, cause my youngest, he's a year and a half. So he's not quite at that point, but I'm sure he will be soon. I'm sure he's going to be carrying around things. Um, but my oldest son, Gabriel, uh, honestly for about the last two and a half years, roughly he's loved, uh, you know, either when I'm working out, cause I have a few things at home. Like I have a, a power rack and a one-sided cable tower. So not too much, but, but you know, enough to get the job done if I want to train from home. And right. uh, on those days that I do, he and I have him. He will join me in there. He'll watch me, and he's gotten to the point now of where he mimics <clears throat> a lot of the exercises I do. So he'll grab two and a half pound plates where it's not too heavy for him at all, and he'll utilize that. So that's the one thing I tell people too is you're teaching them habits, not necessarily saying he needs to be doing you know <laughs> heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, or anything like that. Um, but you're teaching a fundamental habit that's going to keep them healthier, and it's actually going to help their joints a lot better, you know, doing stuff like that growing up. It's going to help dense their bones up even more. So they're least susceptible to injury if they play sports and things like that. Um, so it, to me, there's a lot more benefits than not. Um, so that's one of those great things of where they do see me doing stuff like that. They want to get involved in. I love watching it and because I'll let them, we'll go set for set of where I'll do something. I'll say, okay, it's your turn now. And then, you know, they'll do it and then they'll go back to me. So it's honestly one of those great core memories I'll have as a father. And you're sharing, you're sharing the journey with them as you, you grow your business, grow yourself. And you're also teaching them the great fundamentals and great, great habits as they grow older and they can go to school and, and show the other kids at school, maybe have a better generation of children coming up. It'd be great. 
Yeah, hopefully that's the goal, right? <laughs> Just all do a little bit of what's happened. <laughs> have him join the army instead of Marines, and we'll all be good. <laughs> uh, I, I, my my son, he already likes wearing. He already I already call him wearing my cover a few times, like my dustbook cover, my camo, uh, my freaking woolen camo one. So, oh man, <laughs> I think I already create the next generation of crane eater. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> at least they have crayons ready to eat now. You can you can get them get them that for Christmas. Exactly. I'll get him the big 128 count box that has a little sharpener on the side too, so that way he can gnaw it down, sharpen it again, and just keep gnawing at it. Just peel a little a day, so he have he can have his red flavors, orange flavors, purple flavor. It'd be good. Exactly. Ration them out. <laughs> no, whatever the other weird colors they have nowadays. Yeah, all the yeah. I was gonna say there's probably like 50 that we've never even heard of. That just it's a little different shade. That's all. It is. Yep. <laughs> just, just like buying a car, you never know what the actual color is gonna say on the slip. It, it looks green to me. Yep, so, exactly. This green. Oh. Here's, a, here's a good thing. Like, uh, and I was talking to my wife yesterday because I bought some uh, Gatorade Zeros. Anybody who goes, and I know it's completely random. Anybody that buys Gatorades or Powerades, if you you can't go by the flavors, buy the color. So right. anyone that says I want like a lime, you, they're not they're not truly American. That's the only thing. Like no. they have to be a commie at the end of the day. Like you only go by the colors. So my wife goes shopping. She says, "What do you want?" I said, "Purple, purple Powerade or purple Gatorade. That's it. Purple. Yep. That's it. Yep. yep. Nope. That's all. You mean grape? I said, "No, purple. It's purple. It's yep. not grape. It's purple. Yep. <laughs> there's no there's no flavors. It's just colors. That's it. <laughs> I don't like the I don't like the red one. It's yep. purple. Here we go. Exactly. There we go. See, at least you know. Yeah, I understood. I mean, I, I understand that I, I served one year with you guys over, over in Ramadi, so I understood a lot of – I guess some of it bled into me somehow. So. We, had, we had that magic of doing that. You're, you're gonna, <laughs> you may have lost a couple of brain cells, too, in, the, in that time period. Definitely lost some brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went backwards a little bit. <laughs> maybe it was a drinking. Maybe it was a drinking with us. <laughs> no, couldn't be that. <laughs> <laughs> no, never that. <laughs> All right, so Stefan, the crown, Ramos uh, – Tell me how. Tell me three things that you would tell veterans to. Three tips you would give them to start their start their journey to get better as a whole person. So three tips as a whole person. Uh, you know, overall, one switch your mindset. Um, understand like things. Life is stressful. We all know this. Being an adult is stressful. We all know this. We all have bills. We all have. Excuse the language. Uh, I'm. I don't want to curse too much. I've been trying to watch it a little bit. Um, but you no, know, we all have shit that we have to deal with no more uh, special or any less than the, you know, the next. So switch your mindset, understand things will happen, but ultimately it's up to you to make things happen because nobody's going to be more invested in your health and your overall uh, well-being than you are. You will always have what's best for you at your own heart and in your mind. Um, so you need to realize that and take the steps in order to bridge that gap. So, um, you know, that would be the first and foremost. And second one would be, uh, you know, get outside more is so often overlooked on, you know, the benefits that the sun has, especially when it comes to things like depression and things right. like that, that a lot of us suffer with is, you know, get outside more. It doesn't have to be something crazy. It doesn't have to be like an hour and a half outside. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Or even if you're going on a run, it doesn't have to be something crazy. 20 to 30 minutes, a few times a week will do you some like do you some justice. Um, so, you know, enjoying that time out, getting some fresh air, not being surrounded by the same four walls, whether it's at work, at home, you know, whatever have you, you want to change the scenery in a sense. And then the last thing ultimately is find your favorite passion. It doesn't have to be weightlifting. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, running. It's just something that you love to do that you can continuously to do 
you know, throughout the years and even something that you can maybe even branch off of and create several different passions from that. Definitely. It's all great advice. And uh, I had a guest on here one time, uh, another uh, fitness person that said, you make a victory uh, when you start these journeys. If you pack your bag to go to the gym, you go the first day and you just change your clothes at the gym. That's a victory. Because exactly. you left the house and did that. Then the next day, maybe you go in and walk around the gym inside and, and then keep building it up to stack those victories each day until finally you're just a member of the gym. You're in there just doing what everyone else does, works out, smelling it up, and then take your shower and go home, go back to work. And then want, you have that want to go back after that. And I think everything you said leads to that same mindset. You have to push yourself forward every day you wake up, start stacking them victories and, and do it every day and make more every day. And then you'll be a better person in the end. Exactly. And like you said, it's those small steps. And that's something that is often overlooked, too, is, you know, everyone always feels when it's a new goal is like, hey, let's dive head on and try doing everything all at once. And you, that often leads to feeling overwhelmed and, you know, you're causing yourself more stress and that's apt to quit even that much more. Um, so, like you said, doing those small things every single day, just one step to lead to the other. Like today, go for a quarter mile walk tomorrow, half a mile workers way up it doesn't need to be all in or nothing because you can get very overwhelmed especially you know if you're a full-time worker if you have kids you know if you have a side gig um and things like that if you if you own your own house i know with owning a house <clears throat> it always seems like there's something that needs to be done yeah. <laughs> so yes. you know there's always all those things so if you're like okay i'm gonna I'm going to do all these and now I'm going to task myself to go to the gym for an hour and a half every day. And I'm going to task myself to, you know, cook meals this many times throughout the week for this long. It's a lot. So, uh, you know, like you said, taking those steps of creating those small things that bleed into the next that are compound wins. That's what's going to get you that consistency. And that's what's going to develop the discipline over time. Exactly. And what's the best way for a listener to who wants to chat with you either for advice or to maybe jump in and, and get with Crown Fitness, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, so several different ways. They can uh, go to crownfitnesscoaching.com, and they'll be able. They'll actually be able to uh, download a free PDF from me. It'll go over a good at-home body weight uh, workout uh, that takes 30 minutes or less, and it also has a morning and evening routine to really help create a better time schedule so that way you're utilizing uh, most of your time and using that quality time. Uh, as well. So that's one easy way to get in contact <clears throat> or just even uh, searching me up on Instagram, or Facebook, uh, or TikTok, just any social media. I'm very friendly. You can shoot me a message saying, hey, I would love to talk. Um, and then we'll have a short conversation. And if we end up feeling that, you know, this could be a good fit going forward, I do a free call uh, for 30 minutes. We'll go over everything. Um, you know, what your starting position is, what, you know, what you tried in the past, what you're looking at doing, what I do as far as coaching goes, and what you're looking at, you know, to get from a coach. Um, because like I said in the beginning, this is all based on relationships. So I don't, I can't help everybody, and nor does everyone that reaches out to me is a great fit, but I will always point them in the right direction to somebody that will be a better fit for them. Because at the end of the day, I'm not meant for every client, and every client's not meant for me. Right. And then everyone, you got to think about that with every aspect of everything you do in life. Everywhere you go, you're not going to find that perfect fit the first time. And if, exactly. you, do, if you do, awesome. If you don't, keep find, keep searching until you find that right fit, that right doctor, that right uh, coach. Everything, anything you need, keep searching until you find that person or thing that makes you has that perfect fit for you. Don't quit. Just keep moving forward. 
Uh, Stefan, this has been a great chat with you. Uh, it's already been almost 50 minutes. I couldn't believe that. Well, yeah, wow. Yeah. It went by pretty fast. We have easy <laughs> conversation. I'll have to have you on again sometime, probably uh, right after New Year's resolution, see what people are doing and, uh, and see if we get a, a lot more uh, chatter from our from our uh, audience. So now they're pretty quiet tonight, so they're, I guess they're all probably getting ready for Thanksgiving. Which oh, is, I'm sure. Yeah, lots of on the road. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they'll be able to see this recording and get a lot of tips and tricks from you, and hopefully feedback will say, hey, bring them back sooner than later. And I'll, I'll stay in touch with you. Oh, definitely. I, I would love to come back on. Just let me know, and we'll definitely uh, plan it out. Uh, definitely, brother. All right. Uh, I'll catch you on the other side of this video. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, Rich. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 